DraftKings in Denver that would be legal with FINRA is this it's easy for them to have they there's funds that you know there's 20 million dollars involved so it's, it's easy for them to give each other information non-public call it non-public information but if you're going to the training camp and you're talking to both the team's fans and they're giving this information now you're betting really at the level of having um, non-public information on that team, on your investment. That's why this podcast is so valuable, especially when you got a guy like Chad Nolan who's worked out with the guys. Oh, absolutely. No question. Guys has guys on the practice squad. Oh, absolutely. Worked out with Kim, worked out with the Patriots. He's worked out with, with different guys in the past now. I see a bullpen. Yeah, that's invaluable. Invaluable. Yeah, Talking about Oregon State. I'm very excited for this year. Who did the Jets get? Uh, guy from. I know it was a tackle. Uh, the Jets got Jonathan Marshall, tackle from Arkansas. Ooh. And the Seahawks took a tackle from Florida. Ooh. Stone Forsyth. So Marshall, six foot three, two, 317 pounds. These are names that are, you'll hear, right? Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman is now making $4 million a year as the head coach of your Arkansas Razorbacks. And he was the offensive line coach at Arkansas. So he did such a great job recruiting, training these offensive linemen that he got hired to be the head coach there at an SEC job. And uh, defensive lineman, Arkansas, this guy can play because he was going against high-level competition on that offensive line. So good pick by by the Jets. Now is when you see the scouts coming in and um, they'll let uh, Salam or Slay Start making some picks now, and this is defense. Yep, off six nine, another tall guy, six nine, probably played basketball. Three, that's the other thing, too. Uh, Pete Carroll loves playing basketball, and Chad Nolan gave you uh, great insight on why football players should play basketball. Urban Meyer, who makes 10 million dollars a year as a head coach, told you why. These guys should play basketball. Should play basketball. Yeah. 6'9", 312 pounds, Florida, Stone Forshite. Uh, next is Jacksonville. Your Jacksonville Jaguars and our friend, Urban Meyer. Jalen 
Jalen Camp from Georgia Tech he took. Wide receiver. Very interesting. So again, again, practice squad guy. Maybe um, special teams guy. Maybe uh, he could. a favor for a friend because when Georgia Tech played, uh, the school I graduated South Florida, we shut him down. We made him look like a high school guy. And none of the guys from uh, South Florida got drafted. <laughs> They're all on the street with us. So not too impressed. No, no. I, I mean, I, I don't think you'll see these guys make an impact at all. No. Unless it's a special teams play that leads to a fumble, a, uh, you know, something like that. But I, I think you're just looking at practice squad guys. I, I don't even see this wide receiver Jacksonville just took and take, took even being anything more than a practice squad guy this year. And I don't you know, see any injuries, injuries happen. So no injuries happen. And this is such a violent sport. Yep. And then, yep. um, with COVID, they haven't been access to the gym, so it's going to make things crazy as guys getting injuries and breaking down. So there's just a lot of exactly. opportunity for a lot of it. But yeah. I don't see uh, a Diedrich Sonat. So let me explain to you who Diedrich Sonat is. Diedrich Sonat is from Tampa, Florida. I'm trying to see where he is right now. Uh, he was a great player in high school. And now he's a defensive tackle for your Atlanta Falcons. He's been in the league now maybe six years. So Diedrich Sanat uh, committed a major crime that if he wasn't 18 he still would be in jail. Okay. So uh, Florida stayed away from him. Florida State, all the big schools stayed away from him. He goes to a junior college. He ends up at the University of South Florida. I'm watching this guy practice. I'm like, man, this guy's a first-round pick. Goes to uh, USF because of his grades, because of his attitude. His junior year played half the years, half the games. Senior year, he turned his life around, really had a really good spirit, and he dominated. He was just a first-round pick guy. When he goes to the draft teams, couldn't, some kids couldn't draft it, right? You live in a conservative place. You can draft a guy like that to talk about his background, this and that. Yep. He gets undrafted free agent for Chicago. He dominates and now uh, making really good money as a free agent with Atlanta in 2008. And he's still, he's still on the team, seven years in the NFL. I don't see or research any guy like Diedrich Sanat right now that you would say, oh, this guy is going to do what Diedrich Sanat did. The other one was uh, Collins, right? Collins was a really good story. Uh, Collins is the starting left tackle for Dallas Cowboys, even though their line's depleted. And he was going to be a first-round draft pick from LSU, right, the year before the great year they had. And drafted by Coach O. And he impregnates a girl. And two days before the draft, somebody shoots her. Obviously, they're thinking, whoa, it was him. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. And, exactly. And he was around this time and he and his agent were like, no, we got to deal with Jerry Jones. Please don't draft us. 
So it was a deal. He called everybody, don't draft him, I'm going to Jerry Jones. I don't see anybody like that right now or have heard any stories or research, any, you know, story like Dietrich Sanats or Collins. Collins, yeah, I haven't heard anything either, so. Yeah, so all these guys. Some minor, minor things, but nothing, nothing on a major right. scale. Nobody's gotten killed. Right. So Jalen Camp, six foot two, two twenty, from Georgia Tech, shut down by um, the defensive backs from University of South Florida, who are all out of football right now, except for maybe a random senior. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals don't have much of a scouting department so really they should just their pick is in they should just they just took an edge guy from Duke Victor Mukeji. okay from Duke, uh... Duke's the developmental program uh, Six man, one and a half, two hundred sixty-two. Six one, two sixty-two. So, yeah, noticing a lot of defensive guys now. I saw some from some good defenses, but man, yeah. the defense was horrible. Yeah, they're usually the ACC doormats in football, anyway. So, right. So let's look at Duke's endowment. <laughs> oh, that's that's got to be a little high. Yeah, yeah. On the um, Duke board is Adam Silver. She's, I wonder where he is. Yeah, and uh, he's conspiring. Yeah, he's conspiring with Chachewski uh, to have the G League take over the NCAA tournament or be more popular. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. But uh, Duke's endowment is nine. Billion dollars would it be? Nine billion dollars. So Texas A&M, right? Because that all that oil money is twice as big. The Cleveland Clowns. So the Cleveland Clowns is going to be one hundred percent analytics. They just look at the numbers. So they're doing the opposite of what Scott and I would advise you to do. <laughs> they're strictly do, using technical analysis and numbers to make this pick. Uh, famous is Paul De Podesta from the movie Moneyball. So he was he took, was that's how he started. He took a running back, Demetri Felton from UCLA. 5'8, 189. Fast, shifty guy. Uh, yep. I could see him playing in the NFL because he played for Chip Kelly. So Chip Kelly is going to design you, is going to recruit you, is going to train you to be in the NFL. And if you remember Chip Kelly, uh, he loves a swing pass to a shifty fast yep. guy like this. Yep. And Foles was great at it, man. Foles is probably the greatest swing pass pass in the NFL history. Yeah, that was, his, that was his best season in the NFL by far. Oh, yeah. With uh, with Chip Kelly. Yeah. And Felton, man, he's a blur. He runs like the wind. UCLA. UCLA's gotten a few guys in here now in, in the draft. 
Yep. Uh, probably has as many as USC. So that's a feather in their capsule. Well, that means for us as sports bettors and betting college football, that means that Chip Kelly now has more leverage going out and recruiting saying, hey, I got seven guys in the draft last year. If you want the same, right. come over here to UCLA. It's a negative recruiting against Chip Kelly was, hey, he hasn't won anything in 100 years. Why are you going over there? So now he has something to sell. Not as good as Nick Satan. It's Nick Satan coming in there with a doesn't have the network that Nick Satan has. Oh, Jesus. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) So the the top 10 receivers, Chase, Waddle, Smith, Tony, Bateman, Moore, Rondell Moore, Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, and Marshall. None of them are going to do anything. Our guy, Shan Nolan, has as much talent, probably more talent than these guys. Got more heart. Chase, I don't see any Chase of these guys doing anything. And Chase will be the closest guy to doing something in the NFL, but it, sometimes it takes a year or two to, to do anything. So, in receiver is interesting because I've noticed, like, you see the list and you, you see people on LinkedIn. And yeah, this guy was a receiver in the NFL for eight years, made $30 million. And you're like, man, I watch football every Sunday. And I don't remember this guy at, at all. Nope. Patriots have had like three or four that they've drafted high that they paid huge money to that have done zero. Zero. And they keep him, I guess, for ego or whatever. Yeah, Belichick does because he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> To the detriment to the detriment of his team, that that's the whole thing. Into Kraft, because that's Kraft's money. It's not Belichick's yeah. money. It's yeah, it's not Belichick's money. No, I know. You got Buffalo. Buffalo two in a row now. Yep. So it's the sixth round, 212th pick. So Cleveland, McDermott, zone. I mean, Buffalo, zone, McDermott. And from what I've been hearing from you the last three days, and thank you so much, Scott. Okay. Um, it's Buffalo's like your biggest rival who you fear most over there in the, in the AFC, et cetera. Definitely. Definitely. Their offensive line has been atrocious. So uh, I would figure they would bolster that offensive line, but they want to do it in the earlier rounds. Not now necessarily. They have a quarterback that can run, gets the ball out quick, has a cannon for an arm. Buffalo does and Josh Allen. Play a lot of high-scoring games. I mean, they, they went over a, almost – Every game, I think, last year, except a couple. Yes. I think so. Yeah. And, and, so they're and, a, uh, they're an over team. They're an over team, right? So that's good. So that's balance. You pick yeah. Patriots under in, in Buffalo over. And, and the other thing that makes him an over team is that Josh Allen is a never say die guy, right? Because he, he played at uh, Wyoming. 
Exactly. So they had no offensive line. So he's used to that. Yeah. He's running around yeah. all the And if what about you? If I'm if I'm McDermott, if I'm D Ball, I'm saying salesman, think short term, give up on the play, Josh. Come back another down. Or if we lose this yeah. game with a playoff team, we'll come back next week. But he's never stayed down. He goes out there with no blocking and goes tries to truck four defenders at the same time instead of running out of bounds. I don't think that's a long, good long-term strategy for him. And no, I think body's going to be able to survive another season like he had last year. Exactly. And I think the thing with Buffalo is, like many teams in the NFL, the backup is very weak. Right. And if the starting quarterback ever gets hurt, then, then you, you're definitely looking at a, a precipitous drop-off to, a, to the backup. And then you're looking at, you know, you're looking at not scoring. If the defense isn't good, you're going to lose games 27-10 or whatever. So he's got to, like you said, throw the ball away. Just throw it away. Just throw it away. Take the sack, throw it away. Live to play the next down, live to play the next game. So, so then with COVID, Buffalo is very going to be there to begin with, right? You, look, you put your foundation on sand, you might be in trouble. So they have a flawed ownership structure. You have to look no further than the Buffalo Sabres with Pagula. Pagula yep. Yep. made a lot of money, but he's had a lot of money issues. Yep. He, before buying the team, he marries very famous gold digger, right? Everybody knows it's obvious that she's a gold digger. And she's sitting in an interview for head coaches, right? She's the, the yeah. you know, so um, McDermott's doing everything in that front office. Exactly. Dedicated guy, Andy yep. Reid guy, doesn't see his family, has a horrible work-life balance, he's a head of scouting, whatever. And yep. It's very tenuous, right? Because Buffalo was coming up as a region, right? And now COVID hits. So their per capita income now is going to tank. Yep. And people not going over to the games. I think by fall, they're going to be fine. But it hurt him. And he wants to go to Toronto anyways. He's a very volatile guy. He fires people every five minutes, you know, and um, this time he's going to be in trouble because he has a prenuptial agreement where she gets everything. So he can't do anything. Yeah. Now he's stuck. He's old. So <laughs> I'm just saying that ownership structure. And I can see McDermott just going to another head coaching job. If one presents I think if one opened that he was interested in, I think he definitely would look at it. Yeah, because he doesn't want to get, you know. Yeah, these guys get tired after three, four years of doing everything. And they say, why am I doing everything? You know, why can't they hire somebody to help me do something? And (laughs) Right. But Pagula. And they're not going to because they got to pay him a paycheck every week. And a couple of Sabres coaches have reported this. And people have written by and seen Pagula's car at the facility at 2 in the morning. And Pagula is famous for going in there. And cursing out, throwing over tables, and screaming at the Saber coaches. If he gets in McDermott's face like that, (laughs) they say what you're saying, right? This guy doesn't appreciate anything that I'm doing and won't hire anybody. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that and that's the thing. Why 
why do these owners want to give a paycheck out if the head coach is willing to is going to do the scouting is going to do the the football operation stuff is going to do all that so it's it's just one man can't do it all i mean right. plain and simple you look at you look at Belichick, you look at um Holmgren back in the day, you look at Andy Reid. These guys, they excel at one area. They don't excel at both areas. Right. And that's the problem. Right. And that's the problem. Because they, they tire of doing all the other stuff. They don't tire of coaching their football team. Right. That's the whole so their team, whatever team it is. So when uh, Reid retires or leaves Kansas City, I would pencil in McDermott for that job. Because now he can go in I there with power. You can hire people. It's the Heinz family, John Kerry, who's yep. currently the uh, climate czar, used to be the secretary of state from Obama, is yep. married to the daughter of the Heinz family or the Hunt family, Hunt's Barbecue. Heinz Barbecue, Hunt Barbecue. <laughs> 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 billions of dollars with the Hunt family. Right. So, right. And they know management, right? So they know, yeah. let this guy hire who he wants. So they, they got Damar Hamlin, safety from Narduzzi. So that's the game we hear in there again. Narduzzi begot D'Antonio and D'Antonio begot Nick Satan. Then they got a cornerback. So they got good solid sound. This is different. These are guys that you'll see see the field because they know that zone system. They're well trained defensive guys. Cornerback from Wisconsin. Wisconsin's famous for the zone. Alvarez who taught Justin Wilcox, the head coach of Cal, defense. That's why you see now we got our third defensive uh, cornerback, right, that I noticed drafted from that training system of Alvarez and Justin Wilcox with your Wisconsin Badgers. Speaking of Wisconsin, again, system. This guy knows how to play the offensive line from a technical standpoint, from the famous Barry Alvarez, Wisconsin offensive line, Cold Van Lannon. And it's funny, I had all my USF stuff on. And this pre-COVID, I was in line at Starbucks. And this guy came up with all his Wisconsin stuff. And we're in Southern California. But it was a Saturday of the Wisconsin USF game and he ends up being a football maniac and we start talking and he told me everything I ever wanted to know about Wisconsin offensive linemen Wisconsin. and he says all these guys have 3.5 grade point averages they either have a medical major or an engineering major or a math major they're all super smart they're all super big this guy is 6 foot 5 312 pounds he knows how to play offensive line. Well trained by Barry Alvarez. What are your thoughts, Scott? Yep. Plus, he went to Green Bay too. Right. Packers took him, so they right in his backyard. Um, yeah, guys buying season yeah, tickets. The guy was talking to yeah, he sees a Wisconsin guy. Well, he can't get him in Lambeau, so he's he's on the waiting list. Right, right. Um, big school. I mean, these guys might contribute, like you said, because they came from a really good system, and. So these guys might contribute a little bit to the defense at times. Um, but now you see the, do, the good teams, right? The good teams with the good scouting departments, even though it's a sixth round, they're getting guys that are going to see the field because they know the system. Yeah. 
yeah, they get it. These, these Packers get it. The Bills get it because right. McDermott is looking at these guys probably on tape left and right and saying, I like this guy. Let's get him. He'll probably be there in the sixth round, fifth, sixth, seventh round. So, um, so the guy. Hey, right so about McDermott. Yeah. So the scouting departments that are good, you could tell because right. of who they draft. Scouting right. departments like Cincinnati, like a couple other programs, not going to get it. They're just going to draft a guy just for sake of drafting them. Right. That's what they need. So, well, that's and then, what they need. And then when during fall, you take this information, and on average, you get a team that you're noticing this. Second half of the season, we need defensive depth and makes that picky. Well, it's not easy because we're putting in the time right now. <laughs> but we're, we're getting rewarded for putting in the time right now. Every single pick of the draft, man, we got on the podcast and we have it broken down for you. Uh, and this is inside. This is money right here. This is why Green Bay is in the playoffs. That's why Buffalo's in the playoffs because these are system guys that they know they're going to plug and play. And LaFleur is right there. LaFleur is going to these uh, – the distance between uh, Green Bay and Madison is not that far. So when the, the Packers practice is over, he's driving over there to watch these guys practice. Yep. Yep. Plus the other, the other factor now is you get a 17th week in the season. Oh, that's right. So now, now injuries are going to play more of a factor with these late draft picks, maybe because more, more chances for injury more plays in the game, more plays in the season. You know, I don't know what they're doing with the preseason yet, but, you know, that that's all going to factor in, you know, in a, like a week I, 10 I think game. there's going to be a one less preseason game. I, I would think so, too, either two or three. And I and I, I think that that's going to factor into maybe some of these guys playing. Is the guy's injured? Guy's got a nick. He's questionable to play. The coach is like, let's sit him down. We got this this guy we drafted. Let's put him, plug him in and play him. So that, wow. that could factor in with some of these schools too. So with some Wow, of man. Belichick, these people. I'm going to make it down to Tennessee Titans scouting system or scouting team. Lights out. They got Brady Breeze. Breeze. Yep. I like the name. I just like the name. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not in the first round. Uh, he's 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 the second coming of John Lynch. I can see him step up in that defense. He can cover. And, man, he was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. He sat out this year because of COVID. Uh, but he was the MVP of the Rose Bowl. And it's funny, a lot of commonality here uh, against Wisconsin. And he manned up. And, man. He has some serious hits. Uh, he was the MVP because he stuck his head in the hole that we talked about and, and just was the extra guy shutting down the Wisconsin running game. And then he went back into coverage, covered the fast wide receivers and broke up passes. Also, separated the ball from receivers when they caught the ball. So I, I'm absolutely shocked. I'm going to read up and I'll put it in the episode notes and in the, the transcript of the podcast. Why the heck did it take so long to get Brady Breeze? What was the problem? Maybe he had an injury in training or something. The other part of it is 
He is with Justin Herbert as a 4.0 guy. So not only is he just a tough guy, shows a lot of mental toughness, great athlete, but he's also really smart. So it makes sense that he's a safety. What they call that the quarterback of the defense. Yep. He's going to be your Darren McCourty. He's going to be your Bill Belichick guy who's a coach on the field uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Man, for Tennessee, man, that's that's going to be a tough rival for you guys for the Patriots in the AFC. Yeah, and he was an all-Pac-12 special teamer. Got it. He had, he had three pass breakups, four fumble recoveries. He scored three defensive touchdowns. One pick six and two fumble recovery. So he's obviously around the ball a lot. And he's and a he smart played. guy that knows where the ball's going. And exactly. that's that's key. That's key. So Vrabel's going to love him if, if that's the case. He, he loves guys that will play around the ball, play all out, and uh, and be aggressive. And he, he'll be aggressive. So, And something about Belichick and Satan – is that, and I tell this, right, you know, to my clients, I tell them, buy the building, right? And we went through why you buy the building. If McDonald's yeah. is doing it. If Crocky's, you know, why are you not going to buy the building? And it's vertical integration where you control everything, right? That's why Bellachy, as much as we hate the control freak, it is vertical integration. The, 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 the richest country, in the, the richest company in the world is Apple, and they're vertically integrated. So the more vertical integrated you can be, the more money you make. So Brady Breeze played for Mario Cristobal, who won five national titles with Nick Satan in Alabama as his offensive line coach. He goes to Oregon. What defense is Cristobal going to run? The Satan defense, the Belichick defense. And now he goes, he knows the defense from day one, uh, a 4.0 scholar like this guy. He's going to have that Tennessee defense down. First day in rookie training camp or whatever, rookie camp and then training camp, he's going to have that defense down. And like you said, yep. you know where the ball's going. So that, that accelerates his quickness. If a guy is around the ball as much as he is, which it seems like he is, coaches like Rabel, Peyton, Belichick, uh, Harbaugh, they love those guys. You can't get enough of those guys. So Exactly. And the other thing, he's so smart, he gets to the place quicker, he causes turnovers. Yeah. He confuses the offense. Yep. You know, just because you got drafted in the sixth round, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna be able to contribute to a team. Dietrich not Dietrich not sixth year now in the NFL, stud defensive lineman, did not get drafted. He was an undrafted free agent. Right. And we knew it all along. Brady Breeze, we knew it all along. That could be the answer to a trivia question in five years. Who was the who was the best six rounder in the NFL draft in the year 2020 to 2025 or whatever? Could be this guy. Could oh yeah. Be this guy. Oh yeah, Brady Breeze. No, totally. Uh uh that he's even around. Who knows what happened? But you know, like we talked about it this yesterday. We know a guy's gonna be great and nobody else does, but it happens over and over, you know. Who knows exactly. Why? At with in the sixth round, 216th pick, another great scouting staff and organization. Pittsburgh Steelers pick Quincy Roach, Edge again. Man, there's been a lot of Edge guys. 
Uh, so one, so many edge guys, one, right, is going to hit and just be a stud in the NFL. Yep. Uh, six foot three, 245 pounds from the University of Miami. So that means he's fast. He's a blur. What do you think, Scott? It's the, it's the Tampa Bay blueprint. It's the, the edge rusher uh, lines, offensive line, defensive line. That's what teams think they win games. Right. Coaches think they win games is on the offensive line, which, which in the most cases they do. Right. Whoever controls it usually wins. So I think between the Tampa blueprint and, you know, getting the uh, offensive line, defensive line guys, that's probably where these picks are coming in. And then especially if, the, yeah, the especially last, if, all these picks, man, uh, Buffalo, right? Narducey, Buffalo, Alvarez, Green Bay, Alvarez, offensive Alvarez. line, Brady Breeze, right? The Belichick yep. family, uh, yep. the edge guy. Uh, you make a good point. Tampa Bay. What does Tampa Bay play? Right? They play the zone blitz. Who invented yep. the zone blitz? <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yep. With uh, I forgot his name. He went on to coach uh, Lafleur, the ball, Dick LeBall. Dick LeBall invents the, the the zone blitz in Pittsburgh, then goes to Cincinnati, and that's all Tomlin plays is the zone blitz. That's where Derek Brooks. The same people all over again. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, who's now your yep. general manager of your San Francisco 40. It's all the same defense. So Quincy yep. Roach from Miami, he's fast because he can come off the edge, but what they're not saying is he's going to be like JPP, another guy from the South. He's going right. to fake like he's going to rush, and then he's going to drop deeper than you think into coverage because he's a fast one. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. You're only going to find one JPP, but like you said, the the blueprint is what Tampa Bay did to Kansas City. So a team like Pittsburgh, who has aspirations to play Kansas City in the playoffs, is right. going to try to do what Tampa Bay did to them, which may work, may not work. You never know, but yeah. Well, yeah. They, if so somebody that, knows his own blitz, it's Tomlin and Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then oh, absolutely. Win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, no question. No so, question. Winners win, losers lose. Right now, you're seeing the late rounds, the playoff teams picking like if it was the second or third round, picking good guys. And the bad teams, the teams they haven't invested in scouting, complete disaster. Exactly. Exactly like right. This running back going to Chicago. Chicago. There you go. That's a disaster. That guy's why not you, anything. So, why you need him? Is beyond unless he's a, he's a really good special teamer. Chicago's got David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams in front of this guy. This guy's never gonna play. Never, never gonna, gonna play. play. And, so and let's say they a, were picking us. Let's say they were. I mean, that this is why it's so valuable doing this. Let's say he is a great special teams guy. We just had Buffalo with two guys, Green Bay, Ten- Tennessee, and Pittsburgh have guys who possibly could start and they're picking yep. him late in the sixth round and, and Chicago's picking a special teams guy. Right. Maybe. Right. That's the thing. You know, <laughs> like the next pick, Indy took a quarterback from Texas. Okay. I can kind of see that if Wentz doesn't pan out, but you know, that's another, another questionable pick. He's a turnover he, machine. And this is the guy thing, from Texas. Man, people that try to scam things, Tom Herman, right? 
Tom Herman, Urban Meyer guy, plus one guy. And he goes to Houston, has success at Houston with that one quarterback they had. He goes to Texas and he made over $30 million and he got fired because uh, all he had, he did was plus one, right? They don't account for the quarterback and had the skinny guy run for death. He can't throw, uh, right? And you can't argue with Wright. He's taken mm-hmm. really bad quarterbacks and really right. more than anybody. You know, he takes Foles to the right. Super Bowl. He goes Wentz, yep. gets him all these wins, and then Foles wins the Super Bowl. And then he goes to Indianapolis. His starting quarterback gets hurt, and he takes Brissett and all these people. So he's taking a lot of really bad, mediocre quarterbacks to the playoffs. Made them serviceable, yeah. So Philip Rivers, another perfect example. Last year, turnover machine. Hardly turns the ball over, gets him in the playoffs. And like I said last night, should have beaten Buffalo. Right. But, I mean. And, 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 and again, so, the scouting and research, because I don't think anybody was going to get Sam Ellinger. Uh, right. Like they say he's 6'3". He's not 6'3". He's like 5'10". You know, who these measurements, you got to do your own measurements. I saw him. Um you know, going to the Coliseum and I'm five, seven. And he was just like right here. He's not six, three Chad. Nolan's taller than him and 225 pounds. He did not look too tall. He looked like I could, maybe he's worked out. Maybe he's taking some steroids and flushed them out and he's better. He's 225. But when I saw him like a year ago, like he's not 225. Uh, Seth Williams, Denver wide receiver, six foot three, 211 pounds, Auburn. He didn't do anything special in Auburn. I would say, like you're saying, he's a special teams guy. There's, there's another team. They don't need a wide receiver. They have, they have plenty of wide receivers on their team. Right. They, yeah. they don't need one. So I, why would you, why would you pick one? Right. Practice squad guy, maybe a special teams guy. Right. That's probably about it. So. What do you think about Isaiah McDuffie from your neck in the woods? Uh, an Adazio recruit, six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds, watching Boston College game. Well, they had a decent defense, but I never saw this guy kind of like stand out. He was he was all right. He wasn't great. He's he's the type of guy that, as a linebacker, is is going to be a special, maybe maybe special team guy. B might contribute as an injury replacement for one or two games. Um, you don't have to really be smart to play the Boston College defensive uh, scheme. No, you just got to know where to be, and you got to you got to know where the ball carry is going to be. Um, so Green Bay taking him, maybe they know something a little bit about him that can help them, um, or maybe he's a practice squad guy at best. So that's that's how I look at him. Now, uh, in doing my research, I have uh, read where guys getting picked in the seventh round sometimes is that the scout owes uh, a favor to somebody's agent 50 grand. And that's a favor for, or or the scout's uh, brother-in-law is his uncle. And as a favor to his uncle, <laughs> he drafted it in the seventh round, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've heard stories on that where, where okay, yeah. 
They, they say to a college coach, you know, he's probably not good enough to make the NFL, but we'll take him in the seventh round because we really don't have any other needs we need to take. Right. So right. they take him in the seventh round and they'll put him on the practice squad. They'll give him a year and then they'll they'll release him or something. Right, exactly. So maybe that maybe that's what some of these guys, that's what they're thinking right now is hey, I gotta I remember I owe this this coach a favor. I gotta draft this guy. So right. Or he hired me. I was I was about I was taking yeah. my life insurance test and this guy at last minute hired me and I'm on the staff in North Carolina and now they have a guy here. And so let's let's pick this guy. And and speaking of North Carolina, Daz Newsom, a wide receiver from North Carolina, went to Chicago. Yes, our so, good friend uh, Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Yeah. So there's a there's another big school wide receiver that the Bears don't need. <laughs> right now, Nagy's getting favors. You're like, hey, it's my last year here. <laughs> let me let me let me let me let me start building some equity for my next. I drafted Josh Fields. I'm good now. So now I can draft whoever I need to draft. Yeah. Dude, that business. Not Carolina, right? So the Carolina. Carolina then the Cardinals. Just looking at numbers. 222. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 222. Uh, Six round. All these are compensatory picks. That's the that's oh, the got thing. It. So in the it's Thomas Flesher, offensive lineman. Prob. Satan's <laughs> Satan's still getting guys in the NFL. What the heck? Imagine that. The binder is getting bigger. <laughs> you haven't run out of the big Satan players. Is the whole Alabama team just draft? See. If uh, Jim, Chad, Scott, and I had a team, it would be simple. We'd just be, okay, we're done with uh, with uh, Ohio State offensive linemen to start picking Alabama offensive linemen. <laughs> the NFL.com NFL rates him as a long snapper. <laughs> well, he's 231 pounds. So, yeah, he wasn't really on yeah. the offensive line. Maybe Carolina needs that. Maybe right, Matt Rule thinks he needs a, a long snapper, so that's why I picked him. So exactly. that guy, that guy could, that guy could contribute to the Panthers at some point. Well, that's 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 one of those plays where you can't get that play wrong, right? In, in the long snapper, right? In in we talk, I talked about in college basketball, you know, the coaches that are most detailed covering the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah, uh, yep. Jay Wright. Uh, Rick Patino, right? And you said, well, how do you know they're detail-oriented? Look how they're dressed. Down right, to exactly the $2,000 Armani suit to exactly. a team. Pat Riley, right? Yep. And uh, details. How many? Oh, the snap went over the punter's head. Oh, the, the, the snap was off and the kicker was off and boom, they missed the kick. Well, yeah. look at look at Bel look at Belichick. He values special teams just as much as he values the defense and the offense. Right. He's de- detail oriented. He knows a special teams play can lead his team to a win or a loss in a game. So somebody like a, a Matt Rule sees a long snapper and says, "I need a long snapper." Picks this guy in the sixth round that nobody else would even think of picking. 
except maybe Belichick because the guy goes to Alabama. But other than that, yeah, no, Matt Belichick, John Harbaugh, right? They're special yep. teams coaches who won Super Bowls. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, Trey, so those two guys. Those two guys more than anybody know what special teams means to a team. And they won on special teams and, and they got in, <laughs> they got into arguments with each other in the middle of games <laughs> and the playoffs were for special teams and, and minutia of rules you wouldn't even think thought about. You remember exactly. that one playoff game, right? Where um uh deflate, deflate game game. We had that deflate game, you had the balls being deflated. And you had uh, Belichick doing uh, trick plays that Harbaugh thought were illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yep, yep. It took Harbaugh a whole two seasons to get get off of that that trick play. Right. In fact, he did it it a couple (laughs) of years ago to them. He did the same thing a couple of years ago. I remember the press conference after that. Harbaugh goes, listen, I've been trying to get the league to change the rule. And since they want to change the rule, screw it. I'll do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He, he, two years, for two years, he was on that. <laughs> so they finally said, I'm just going to screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. So. Right. And I remember, like, in the second half of that game, they stopped the game. Uh, I never listened to it. So after five minutes, I turned it on. and like, what the heck's going on? Al Michaels had no idea what was going on. Collinworth had no idea what was going on. The rest, and it was some minute thing that Harbaugh had, and they were going to do it. Then they talked to Belichick, and Belichick talks him out of it. So a guy by the name of, let me ask you this, God, figure this out for me. A guy by the name of Belichick is a long-standing member of the rules committee. Rules committee, yeah. <laughs> he so, oversees so rules. Who, who would know? Who would know better than Belichick as to exactly what he can and can't do? That's the thing. That's the thing. Rule. Yeah. <laughs> so he probably put that rule in in a small fine print underneath underneath rule. Right. right exactly. Dash whatever. <laughs> And Harbaugh probably can see it. You know, that's ability for you. you know, and people are like, Absolutely. Oh, you know, how can the NFL be like the WWE? I'm like, listen, you have to pay attention to what's going on here. No doubt. The guy who's been suspended for a year for cheating, or what he wasn't suspended, should have been suspended, was fined yeah. heavily for cheating multiple times. Yeah. He's yeah. the head of the rules committee. <laughs> He's, o- he's only been caught three times. He hasn't been caught the rest of the times. That's the thing. Uh, that, that's the thing. That's yeah, something to tip of the caught. iceberg. Yeah. He, he hasn't been caught the rest of the times, which is re- – I mean, it's not strange, but he, he knows how to work his way around this stuff. So, Right. And, and it goes down to what we talked about yesterday, and it makes you a lot of money when you're watching sports and predicting games that while – we might feel it's highly unethical. We might feel it's highly immoral. It's not illegal. Right. None exactly. of this is illegal. And this is an $18 billion business. And you do not kill the goose that's laying the golden eggs. Trey Gowen, cornerback, going to a bad scouting system, the one guy at Arizona. 
Uh, this guy was horrible. Went to the University of South Florida, our rival, no die enemy. I watched all these you can't finish games. And this guy's a horrible uh, defensive back. Again, who knows why he's on that team? Maybe a favor to someone, or yep. maybe they're praying he might be a special teams player. Yeah. Safety LSU, 6'2, 230 pounds. Jacoby Stevens. Uh, Mississippi State had like five, 600 yards throwing over this guy, Jacoby Stevens. So he might be a special teams guy. He can't tackle. That's good for the NFL. He can't tackle. Those are, those, are per, those are perfect draft picks for the NFL. Hey, guy can't tackle. Oh, we'll draft him. Yeah. Keep the games over. Yep. Good for better sometimes, but not, not good for everybody else. <laughs> not good for coaches. No. And like you guys are saying, these guys have been cut. Yeah, they'll be practice squad guys. Yeah, yeah, coaches can see for a year how they how they perform in, pra in practice, and then they can make a decision at the end of the year. That's that's basically it's very rare that a seventh rounder contributes heavily in their first year of a first year of the NFL. Right, it's, unless it's a Brady Breeze, man. I think that's that's what I'm going to call the the pick of the draft, and it's a smart guy, Brayle. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, hell of a pick. He, he he came from he played in Kansas City, played in New England. He came from good coaching, so he know he knows what to look for in um, in picking players. So yeah, you can't get better training than that an Andy right. Reid and a Belichick guy at the same time. Exactly, exactly. Especially who was in New England for so long with Belichick, he he kind of knows who to draft, who not to draft, how to coach, how not to coach. So. That's why he's lasted in Tennessee for so long. He's because he's a good coach. He's he, he's a no nonsense guy when it comes to coaching. So oh yeah. And you know, he uh <clears throat> I have a good buddy of mine who's Arizona. He has four kids. And he's the one who's helped me with um coming up with the betting system. Because I've been betting 20 years, but I've consistently made really good money in the last 12 years. Like you said, you know, making adjustments. My buddy Victor in Arizona and him and I used to go on the weekends run stairs so before the NFL games when they show Rainbow running stairs <laughs> like clockwork they like get the text you see him running stairs <laughs> and, how, and how many coaches do that before games run stairs none he's the only one that's, that's, that's the way he gets his mind ready for the game is he runs the stairs and um my wife, right, she's a psychotherapist. She does not believe, for the most part, there's people that have a chemical deficiency, but she does yep. not believe in those commercials you see on TV uh, taking medication for mental health issues. She's more, instead of taking an anti-anxiety pill, go yep. run some stairs at the high school. Get rid of the anxiety yep. that way. Run, do some exactly. exercise. Uh, jump some rope. That's what he's exactly. doing, getting rid of it. What's Andy Reid doing? He's eating. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I think they panned it one time. And uh, 
my bike recorded it. They had Rainbow running um, running stairs and had Andy Reid eating ice cream. <laughs> it's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Belichick just sits in his office until right before game time. I think that's what he does. Oh yeah, he's too he's too anxious and too too wound. Is is wound up meter is is approaching uh, full. Yeah, and uh, the two biographies on Bill Sheet are excellent. The yeah. one done by Ian O'Connor, yep. excellent. He gets into his dad. Yeah, I read that. I read that. He, yeah. it's really good. It's really good. There's some back back backstory stuff that's really really good about him and his yeah, dad. In his anti anxiety thing, he has a punching bag in his office. Oh, he does. Yeah. And that's how he handles disputes. Go box him. He's like, if you're mad at me, we'll go box. You can hit me. Right? And I think that's what maybe Clark Joshua said to me to get too far. <laughs> With, uh, beating up the coach and firing him. You know, and it's tough another, because... Another long snapper just went. Okay. So now we're doing the Russian long snappers. Yeah, well, now we're doing the long snappers. Cameron Cheeseman of Michigan. Mm. Long snapper. Harbaugh family. <laughs> there you go. That's, yeah. And, and it's tough, right? Because it, it, So that's what it is, right? So long snapper is 20. This other guy's 21. And I guess yep. the third long snapper, whoever that guy is, must be horrible. It's like lost three games. And, and it's tough because Belichick, what he does, he goes into his office. He beats the punching bag. But uh, when I was the tutor at uh, University of South Florida, the guy who gave me the keys to open up for Belichick so he could go see Nate Allen, JPP workout. It was just a regular workout. It wasn't even a pro day or anything. I don't know if that was even legal. <laughs> That's why the coach didn't open up the, the fence, had me do it. Jim Lavitt, right? He's a, he's now the defensive coordinator of SMU. Their defense is going to be better. But he, uh, the way he got fired was uh, you, uh, USF, we came back. We were playing Cincinnati when um, Kelly, the guy who's head coach at Notre Dame, was a the coach. They were they were favorite. They were going to win the conference. Yep. And we were you know down twenty four ten. We come up take 24, uh, 27-24. Uh, three minutes left in the in the game. Their offense had been shut down the whole second half. Uh, Actually, it was less. It was like a minute 14 left in the game. We had the ball at the 45. It's kind of coach's fault. She probably should have gone for it, but he didn't want to give him the ball midfield. We were going to pin him deep, and we had a punter who ended up playing in the NFL. He was going to pin him deep. Kid misses the block. They blocked the kick. They went to touchdown. <laughs> and coach Levitt got fired because the kid that missed the, the, the block, he choked him. And the guy ended up going to the hospital. So it's tough being a coach. man. Oh, I know. No doubt. Oh, you coached in high school. So you've seen that probably happened to you a couple times. Uh, yeah, a few times. 
right, so Cameron Cheeseman, linebacker, Michigan, Harbaugh family. But you're saying he's a he's a long snapper. Oh, he actually they, just, they listed him as a long snapper. Yeah. 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 The I had the NFL network on and they have it as long snapper. Yeah, it has CVS and they list him as long. So this is what this guy does. And he's the second rated long snapper. Or they saw the other long snapper go. And they're like, <laughs> we're get we gotta get kid. one of our own. Yeah, probably the other team got the wrong guy, or maybe <laughs> they put in the wrong name or the wrong snapper. But different teams look at different. They have the other long snapper rated higher than this guy, Cameron Cheeseman. And when you and I are watching the game, we'll recognize him. We're like, oh, yeah, that's the long snapper. That's the Cheeseman guy. <laughs> and now Kansas City, Kansas City. Uh, they have a lot of Good money. Uh, Hunt family. Trey Smith, the guard from Tennessee. All right. Six degrees of Nick Satan. Tennessee coach is Jeremy Pruitt, who won a national championship with Satan as a defensive coordinator. And he won a national championship as the defensive coordinator for Jumbo Fisher in the Florida State Criminals when <laughs> criminal Jameis Winston was the quarterback and won the Heisman Trophy. Criminal. <laughs> so you can't get away from the criminal. <laughs> the, the ultra criminal uh, who yep. got away with rape. He raped the girl there and he stole, he shoplifted to death in Tallahassee. Oh, he did. I heard yeah. he did a little bit, but I didn't hear how much he did. Oh, he, he did it every day. The crab legs were just the tip of the iceberg. I heard crab legs. Yeah, that's the one I heard. It was about the crab legs. Right. The crab legs was ridiculous. Because most, you know, most people that shoplift will take the crab legs and go eat them outside. But he didn't care because he was the highest trophy. He sat there and ate the crab legs. <laughs> didn't even take them to the trash. He just left it there and... <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> and he felt invincible. He was in Tampa Bay, felt invincible. Impulse control issues, thinks he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Until his contract ran out and Arians wasn't going to put up with it. You know. Dallas just took a cornerback from South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, the worst defense. That defense was so bad. Yeah, and well, my champ, shame on him being in the Satan tree. So two in a row for Satan. <laughs> they, they must, Dallas must have somebody that's in, in the South Carolina alumni or something. I think that's that's a couple of guys they've taken from there. The defense was not good. So No. And this guy, I mean, South Carolina's defense gave up like 50 points a game. They were the only defense worse than the Florida defense in the SEC. Unbelievable. Uh, these, these, are the fly, these are the flyer picks now. These are right. Yeah, now the, the, the I think these are even more than flyers. I think these are personal favorites. <laughs> yeah, it gotta be. 
Gotta be. Yeah. Business networking that's, that's time. Right. Yeah. This is this is an um, I'm an alumnus of of in Jerry Jones' case, Arkansas. So let me let me pick an Arkansas guy to right. Well, he donates to the school. He's a billionaire benefactor of the school. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the thing, right? And this is the problem, Scott. Let me know your thoughts. Uh you're it's it's Arkansas against Missouri. And you run into Jerry Jones. You're rough. Not saying you personally, just saying most people in general. Right, right. Yep. And he gives you a hundred thousand dollars and he says, Listen, help me out here. You don't have to go out of your way, but whatever you do, if you can, help me out here. Uh, here's a hundred grand. And you making a subtle call, right? Like Tim Donahue, another book I encourage people to read. If you're going to bet on sports, read the Tim Donahue book because Tim Donahue now is selling picks. Right? That's yeah. what he does for a living. It used to be. Oh, is he real? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So okay. His, his book is very enlightening, right? How yep. subtly as a ref you can, because there's only five plays that that determine the outcome of most games in yep. the NFL, college, or pro. So if you can subtly make a judgment call, right, to determine the outcome of the game, and you're going to get a hundred grand for it. Yep. You're going to get a hundred grand for it, and it might be it is unethical, and I think it's immoral. But it's yeah. not illegal. Right. What percentage of the population w- would do that? I'd probably say 50, 60% at least. At least. At least. At least. I'm, a, I'm, 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 uh, I'm sure there are people out there like me that would never do it, like you that would never do it. No. Uh, and there's some people that would have to think about it to do it, but I think the rest of them would, would definitely do it. If you're giving me a hundred grand cash right now, put it in, in my pocket, and all I got to do is call one holding penalty with two minutes left in the game to cost the other team the game. Right. Some people would do that in a minute. Right. And, and I, I've taken I video of a very questionable call that that I almost feel like it was direct evidence. I could take the court. And say, hey, I want to, or I can get a warrant. I want to subpoena this. This, this is for referees. Uh, yeah, a bank account, and I want video from all these casinos, hundred mile radius from outside. The yeah, game. it's just seedy and it's just shady to to just take money to blow a game, right. especially in college. It's kids. It's not. It's not professionals. It's just. It's just kids. No, and you're gonna. The Chad Nolans of the world, his brother, they work so hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, incredibly hard. Pros is a different story. I would never do it in the pros, but when you're in college and these kids are busting their butt every day at practice, every day in the weight room, every day in the in the classroom, every day in the video room, to cost them a game that could lead them to maybe a big bowl game right. down the end of the season. Right. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I would never be able to live with myself. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the round seven. Yes. Round seven, last round. We're going to have Center fun in this last round. And I think there's a shift in college now. 
the Big Ten gives $50 million to each school. And you think about the ripple effect of that, of those $50 million. Uh, now players can sell their likeness, okay? And yep. the number one determinant that I've made money where I felt based on what Dennis Green told me about that you can't kill the goose that lays the golden eggs, there's a lot of people who understand who the golden goose is and where the golden eggs is. Uh, most, most teams win 70% of their home games because of the big donors are at courtside for those games. Now you take it a step level and the shift happened when the oil man gave close to a billion dollars to Texas A&M. He actually gave $2 billion to Texas A&M and what shook, shook everybody he said that out of the $2 billion he was donating to Texas A&M, he wanted mm -hmm. 800 million people, 800 million to be earmarked to the football program. <laughs> I mean, why do you need that much money just for the football program? All right. No. No. I thought that I think he was factoring in money to pay refs or what? <laughs> What he was, you know, I think he did it because he wanted uh, part of that was getting Texas A&M because after that, Texas A&M suddenly goes from the Big 12 to the SEC. So they pretty much right. paid to go into the SEC <laughs> now that they're getting 60 million back every year for being in the SEC. All right. Yep. yep. So Texas A&M home games. Yes, I hate to say it, but at Texas A&M home games, we know your thoughts. You are going to see questionable calls every once in a while. Oh, absolutely. No question. And now, now they're in the, they don't care. They're getting all this money. Well, they do care, but they're getting all this money. And now they got an SEC network, right? like an ACC network, a big 10 network. I'm sure PAC 12 has a network too. So it's, you know, the, the money that's, that's flowing around of these college programs is insane. Right. You know, and I'm sure there are referees out there that, that do pocket some money for shady calls, but right. You know, when you watch a TV, you see a highlight, you're like, that's a shady guy. That's not a good call. Right. Well, there might be a reason why. There might be a lying reason why. So, right. But the money that's flowing around college sports right now is, is insane. It's, an, it's just insane. No, it's, it is insane. And they're tapping into the fact that it's mind blowing numbers. It is right. mind blowing numbers because they've been hiding the numbers for so long. Yep. Yep. And this unexpected COVID-19, right? Yep. Has people are like, whoa, seven trillion? Yeah, seven trillion. Right. And that, yep. and that money's been a lot for one. So now how much uh in really and and I and I uh encourage everybody to read the article I wrote <clears throat> on top of the podcast with Graham Honecker. Uh, when he said Butler basketball is 1.9 billion with a B in earn, in earn advertising rights. And the first people to kind of do that analysis that came out publicly was Miss Terry, Nick Satan's wife, when he was head coach at Michigan State with D'Antonio and Bobby Williams and all these people we talked about. Yep. And, and she went crazy with the athletic director in Michigan State, how he was being undervalued. So when I say that Nick Satan's making $10 million at Alabama, 
he's underpaid. He is he is being underpaid there. Yeah. Based on yep. what he's doing. So it's, it's going to be d- interesting the way this all plays out. And you're seeing it here, man. You're seeing uh, money being exchanged. I'll flat out say it, man, because I'll say so circumstantial evidence, right? And people have gone to jail over circumstantial evidence. So, mm-hmm. so as a professional, looking at the circumstantial evidence, this cornerback who was burned repeatedly, uh, Israel McCoo from South Carolina going to Dallas, there are funds being exchanged for picks <laughs> and for agents and salaries and bonuses right now. What do you think, yeah, Scott? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's not on the up and up in, in any sport, in any league, NFL especially. Right. These, these draft picks, six-round guy that gets burned, should never be drafted, might what? sign as an undrafted free agent. There's got to there's got to be something going. It, whether it be thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever it may be. There's there's something going to South Carolina. There's something going to the agent. There's something going to the you know the little right. pocket change to the player. I mean, the player's probably getting a little pocket change other than his oh, contract. Yeah. Oh yeah, just to sign with Dallas. Just to sign with Dallas. Right. I mean, it's, signing bonuses are probably you know 15, 20 grand just for that. So he's, he's making money up front with just getting drafted. So more money than he's ever seen in his life in one check. So, right. So the agent too, so, the agent too. Oh so yeah. The agents are, are brand new. So hundred percent. So the next pick is Thomas Graham to Chicago. And Chicago has a horrible scouting department. 5'11", Oregon, A plus. He's a really good player. But when you look at Oregon, you think of uh, Phil Knight, right? So, the yep, basketball, the bam, there you go. Well, let's look Nike. at Oregon's and Dama. And, and those, those calls in Oregon when I watch, they're all shady calls. Because he, he doesn't care. Um, another book, you say, oh, how do you know that Phil Knight doesn't care? Uh, read, read the book. book. Yeah. Read the uh, book. Did you read the book, um, True Dog? True, I, yep. I think best business book I ever read, man. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, where he he writes a million dollar check he knew would bounce, save the company, and it did. You and I would go to jail. We'll be in jail for years writing that check, right? He does it sort of a as a confessional, and the name of the basketball arena that he paid cash for is Matthew Knight Arena. After his son, right, who died son. tragically in a uh, scuba accident. So it's a great book because he's really honest, Frank. He admits the crimes he committed to get to the point he needed to be. And he's honest about the death of his son and how it affected him, right? Yep. And there's more things, more, you know, he, he admitted to those billionaire meetings with Warren Buffett and stuff where they sit around and they decide stuff for us because they have so much money. Uh, so the endowment is 1.7 billion for Oregon, right? With a B, but it doesn't stop there because he's basically donated. He Nike donated Corporation. everything. Yeah, he's donated every everything. Everything that or a lot of what Oregon has is from Phil Knight. So right, and literally when he dies, Nike's gonna be owned by the university. That's up because he ran track at Oregon. 
So you look at Nike's uh, market capitalization, 209 billion. So he, with that market capitalization, Phil Knight can go toe to toe with Stanford. That's all he cares about, Pac-12. Yep. So Stanford has $26 billion endowment. Uh, Phil Knight, I think he's in his 70s. He's upon his death. The whole company goes to the University of Oregon, right? The board meshes with the board of trustees. Uh, 26 billion, he, he blinks at that. So after that guy, you got Mike Strahan from Charleston, FCS school, uh, wide receiver. Oh, actually, uh, we played, USF played Charleston in the beginning of the year. Uh, I don't remember this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he did nothing against our defensive backs, who are all great students. That's the thing about USF. We had a gang shift, and she made yeah. sure that we had really good academic guys. So what happens with really good academic schools? Their, their players don't go pro. <laughs> But they go pro in life, right? That's what they say. Uh, another, I have to, what do you think, man? Okay, each team, we're going to grade now, Scott, as we've seen the result. What I love about this is no gaslighting, no opinion. Like Andrew Cuomo said, everybody can have their own opinion. Not everybody can have their own facts. So now That's we're basing true. this on facts now. We'll grade, as we go through the seventh round, each team makes a pick will grade their uh, scouting department. All right, so we'll go to the Colts. Okay. What are your thoughts on the Colts scouting? Um, probably a B could be B minus considering who the coach is, okay. Frank Reich. Right. Probably he, he he knows talent. He knows um he knows who to bring in. Knows who he could work with stuff like that. So I'd say a B minus. Mm -hmm. I think Reich has Reich is one of the final says in the, in who gets drafted so yeah i'll publish it on twitter i'll keep track there okay all right so we got the colts b minus uh i 100 agree i have no cons with that and then again to i'll put notes in uh who's controlling the draft room so i think reichs um has proven himself there and i think he had a lot of influence over the the picks Yep. And again, he's a guy who's married to football, Mormon guy. There's nothing yep. else in his life going on. So he has an opinion on scouting. Uh, Mike Mayock. Offensive well, Mike Mayock's not. Pitt, uh, again, from the, the six degrees of Bill Belichick and Satan there. Pittsburgh Panthers. Narducey got a lot of guys. Good job, Narducey. Narducey. Yeah, but, did. Let me ask you this. Did he really get a lot of guys, or is it that Belichick, Satan? Bell it's connection. a connection. It's right. the connection. Right. It's the connection. And I don't think Mayock was running that draft room. I think it was Gruden. <laughs> and Mayock was just saying yes, to be honest. So. <laughs> yes, John. You, so yes, I John. I would give them I would give them a, a C minus at best. Because when Gruden falls in love with the guy, he he's he's sticking with him. That's it. Why are we so picking C that guy? Why, why, why are we picking that guy? Because he's fast. <laughs> Because he's fast, so I'd give him a C minus. I don't. I don't think their draft stood out. I don't. I don't think they really. A lot of their picks made sense. So I. That's what I would give him. And I think it's Gruden that's running that. I don't think it's Mayock. So. All right. So we got um, Miami. 
we got some insight on Miami because Shen Nolan worked out for Miami. Offensive yep. lineman, 6'7", 300 pounds from UMass. Your neck of the woods. Did you watch U- UMass play? Did you I have that stupid not. channel? You're talking about crazy channels, not having channels in the UMass rights. They gave it to some alumni guys who only puts UMass on their uh, on their cable channel they own, and it can't get distribution every, everywhere. So did, did when Calipari was there, they were no. When Calipari was there, they were all over the place because right. they were. He was he was the the next great thing. Right. But I don't. I didn't watch any UMass games this year, so I I have no. I, idea I don't think it was on. It's called Elevate. It's a it's a network owned by UMass alums. And they just bought it like three years ago and have the, all the uh, rights to UMass games. And most of the alumni like, can't watch the game. Yeah, so I can't. I, I didn't get that either. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that channel either. So father uh, even having wedding proposals at the draft now. Oh God! But, um, Here we go. The NFL Network showing a wedding proposal. Uh, I give Miami a B. I think they had a good draft. Yeah, I think they uh, they surrounded two of what needed to be surrounded with, and they right. they stepped up. Uh, they improved their defense a little bit, so I'd give them a B. Right. Miami. Let's see who they drafted. Miami had Jalen Waddle. Yep. Uh, Report Jalen Phillips, Miami, first round, six five, two sixty six, edge. Uh, that Oregon. Defense, which is we all know is the Bill Belichick Satan defense at Oregon with Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame strength and conditioning coach turned yeah. that program around 6'6, 312 offensive lineman. Hunter Long, a Dazio knows tight end. <laughs> yeah, tight end from BC. Yeah, and then um, there's some connection up there in the Northeast and Mass because he the last two picks was. From your neck of the woods, Scott, Boston College, and then uh, our guy, Larnell Coleman, 6'7", 300 pounds, UMass. Yep. That's a floor. Flores was up here, so that probably has to do with it, too, the head coach. Right. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he was with the Pats. He's a Belichick disciple, so. Got it. Yep. Got so it. that's where that came in. The network, man. They run the NFL. Yeah. He's, he's all over the place. He's got his tentacles everywhere. <laughs> it's not shocking either. No. His recruiting meetings. So what happens if I get hurt, coach? Uh, you'll be trained at the dealership. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Miami B. So, the Panthers analytics, defensive tackle Kentucky, six foot five, three hundred fifty pounds, uh, Stoops family. <laughs> what do you give uh, Carolina? Let, I'll, I'll run through what Carolina had. Carolina, their picks were. Uh, Man, I think this is a horrible pick, right? J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. I don't even know. Yeah. First round, really? Uh, Terrence Marshall, Jr., LSU. Good. Brady Christensen, offensive line, BYU. Utah, 
Farm State. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Trimble, tight end Notre Dame, that strength and conditioning coach. Shovel Harbor, our Black Lives Matter pick from Oklahoma State. Davion Nixon, defensive lineman, Iowa. Keith Taylor, cornerback. Jimmy Lake, right? Jimmy Lake was the name I forgot. Jimmy Lake played in the NFL, does a great job recruiting and getting guys into the NFL from that secondary. Uh, Delonte Brown, offensive lineman, Alabama. Shai Smith, wide receiver, South Carolina, did have a decent offense. Thomas Flesher, offensive lineman from the Belichick. Yep. And then the pick just now from the Stoops Brothers. Um, I'd give him I'd give him a B a little bit better if JC Horn pans out. So as of right now, I'd probably give him a B. Right, I'll give him a, a C because I think that South Carolina pick was really bad. Yeah, the, he should have taken Sertain instead of instead of Horn. Yeah, for sure. If he had taken Sertain, that that would that would probably be an A minus. But it, since he took Horn, who yeah, supposedly he had bad references really from college because that team gave up. They had bad, um, they had bad body language. That's the problem with a guy like Mushroom. He's never had any success as a head coach. Yeah. A lot of his defensive coordinator, but he's a defensive coordinator guy because he really doesn't care. He's an intellectual. Don't get fooled by the way he talks or whatever, but he has bigger things on his mind. He's thinking about the world economy, thinks about this and that. And remember, his great-grandkids have money. He was making millions of dollars as a defensive coordinator in college. Yeah. But the other side of the coin is that pretty much all his players do well in business and life and stuff like that because – that's his. He really does believe that, and he practices that. He he cares about the long term future of his players, not necessarily what they do on the field. Which he's gotten fired from every job he's been in. Sometimes he hasn't lasted very long either. So no, yeah, he has emotional control issues. He blows up. He gets those crazy eyes, kind of scary. He's like, whoa. All right, so Jake Funk. LA, LA Rams, they have a really good uh, scouting. Running back, Maryland, 5'10", 200. Yeah, pretty good. So what do you think about the LA Rams picks? I'll go through them for you. LA Rams, these guys are all C and Irvine. 2-2 Atwell, Louisville, Ernest Jones, linebacker, South Carolina. Not good. Bobby Brown, the third, defensive lineman. Uh, six degrees of Belichick. Central Arkansas, bet those college teams in Arkansas, great high school programs there. Jacob Harris from You Can't Finish University, wide receiver. Yeah, he was always wide open, except against us. We played him well. Ernest Brown, defensive lineman, Northwestern, and then Jake. I like that. I like, I'll give him a B. What do you think? Yeah, I think a B too. Two wide receivers, though. That, I mean, I'll stay with the B, but two wide receivers when you already got Woods, Cop. Um, you know, the tight end Higby and, and uh, you know, Kim Akers who can catch out of the backfield. Might have wanted to go after a defensive person, but I'd say B. 
I'd stick with the B. With the 234th pick in the seventh round, Philadelphia picks an edge. Man, a lot of edge guys pick. Edge guys, yeah. That's that's the whole thing. Edge. Patrick Johnson, Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. And Tulane, uh, South Florida plays him every year. Let me uh, get the name of this guy, the Tulane head coach. He's another one of those guys, right? Like Chris Kleiman uh, at Kansas State. Lance Leopold just went Buffalo to Kansas. These are NEIA, FCS guys that are like McDermott and Reed and all those guys who just live and breathe football. And from those small colleges, man, they, they win national titles and man, they squeeze every little bit of talent a guy has. So I think that's a great pick, that two-lane guy, 6'3", 255, edge rusher, a lot of speed. So that's a guy that, again, that's a great scouting department because that's a guy yep. that might see the field at the seventh-round draft pick. Yep, he, he could very well. Willie Fritz. Phil. Phil is another. Yeah. A B, 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 uh, B or B plus draft. Yeah. I like that. They got two Alabama, yeah, they got two Alabama guys right off the top. Right. You know, state guys. Right. Both <laughs> been in big situations. Both <laughs> been in big situations. They get this guy in the seventh round, edge rusher that's really fast. You know, they got a they got a, another edge rusher. They you know they got a running back. So they did, they did a pretty good job with their draft. Yeah, no, no. Good job. Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. For that draft. And Howie Roseman is known for that. That's why he's still around. Yep. Yep. And Willie Fritz, much like yourself, he, even though he's won all these championships and stuff, running the wishbone, he switched the offense around to a more conventional offense. Yep. And things are looking up. And that's a hard place to recruit. Tulane, oh, that's Tulane, yeah. yeah. In New Orleans, if you've ever seen the on Showtime, Your Honor, so you have New Orleans, it's like it's, it's a rough, poor place, tough place to actually recruit people. So he's done a good job building that program from nothing. There you go, same type of guy, right? So Willie Fritz yeah. and Chris Kleiman, they're just aforementioned, the same type guy. And same t- <laughs> two repeats. Uh, edge rusher from a school that knows how to develop guys out of nowhere. Six foot three, 270 pounds, Wyatt Hubert. So good job late. Uh, the marketing people are gone. The coach is worn out. And now you have your hardcore scouts making their money, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. In this round, they do. In the, in the sixth, seventh round, they do. For sure. Yeah. So the scout says, hey, I picked this guy in the seventh round. I want my bonus. Wyatt Herbert, edge rusher, Kansas State, and two really good coaches, Willie Fritz and Chris Kleiman. Uh, Jake Anderson, Texas Tech. To Buffalo, another offensive lineman. So Buffalo, in my opinion, let me know your opinion. They addressed their uh, offensive line needs. And what are your grades for uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo? 
Cincinnati could very well be an F, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm just trying to look down to see what the poor poor guy, whoever's uh, probably Burrow. <laughs> his first year as Burrow a, got his, as yeah, a Burrow cow. got his men in the first round, and then after the first round, he got nobody. Right. I mean, I would give Cincinnati a D. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. I just I didn't like their draft at all. They didn't they didn't uh, answer their offensive line until the hundred and thirtieth pick somewhere in there. Right. So I would give Cincinnati a D for sure. Um Buffalo, I would I'd probably give it an A minus. I think they did a nice job in addressing what they needed to address. Um and I think McDermott probably had a lot of say in the whole draft. So I think he got oh, what, yeah. who we wanted to get. So hundred percent. Pagula's not gonna pay extra money for scouts. No, they probably just had Pagula in to talk to the draft picks when they picked them. So then you have Denver, uh, John Elway, cornerback LSU. LSU had a horse out. It has to be a special team, something to get a favor to a friend. Because, uh, again, uh, a guy who ended up getting benched three games after passed for 600 yards on this guy, Mississippi State. Uh, they just ran ragged over uh, LSU. And then LSU had no COVID protocol, so the whole team got COVID early. And it's always uh, long COVID, right? People get depressed. And then vascular issues that make a big difference for an athlete that right. you know, half a second, whatever. So very skeptical of any LSU guys. So let's see what Denver picked here. Denver, Patrick Sertain, great pick there. Yep. All right, for Vic Fangio, that defense. Uh, Devontae Williams, North Carolina, good pick there. Yep. The, the guy that we saw, what well, they had the video, this guy blocking the tree. <laughs> Yep, yep, that was him. <laughs> but you know he's going to be ready to go, and he's going to be always in shape at least. Yep. Uh, Van Bryan, Ohio State. Caden Stearns. His brother played with Ben Rasleff on the podcast at Houston Baptist. He's a safety. He's a speed guy. He's not a hitter. So I wonder what how uh, Vic Fangio is going to use him. Another safety. Jamar Johnson, Indiana. Right. Yeah, this 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 draft is a C at best. At best. I mean, after the first two pick, first two picks, pretty close to an A. After that, yeah. you got a center, you got two safeties. I mean, I don't understand what do you need two safeties for? In a row. Um, yeah, in a row. In a well, row you got to get defense anyways. Back. Yeah, you do. You have a you have a a defense that's that's coming back to where it used to be, right? Uh, about eight or nine years ago. Um, but this is a C. I mean. I, I don't, I don't get what they were trying to do. And then they took a wide receiver in the sixth round. Don't need a wide receiver. They got plenty of talent on that side of the ball. They already got five wide receivers locked into their, their roster. So, um, I'd say C at best. At best, at we'll best. give him a D because that's that's ridiculous. When you break it down like you yeah. did, thank you, Scott. The way you yeah. broke it down like that, that's that's a horrible draft. Right. The only one that that the only the top two picks could pan out should pan out for them pretty well. Sertain and the running back from North Carolina. He he might be 
number two or number three in the class. But after that, I mean, I did, you got a guy from Wisconsin, Whitewater, a center, and then you got, like I said, two safeties. The I Whitewater guy I fits what uh, Buddy Ryan said and what Pete Carroll says about he's going to hustle, right? He, he fits the yeah, he's going to – He's gonna bust bust his butt to to make that pick look good for them. Right. Um, the linebacker from Ohio State. Not sure about two safeties. I'm definitely not sure about. And the wide receiver. That's a wasted pick. And then right. the cornerback in the seventh round is probably not as good as he could be. So, right. I'd go with you. I'd say a D. Right. I'd say a D. D. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas pick. Let's look here. Uh, Dallas, Makaya Parsons, Penn State, linebacker. They had a really good defense, good linebacker. They need linebackers. Yep. Kevin Joseph, cornerback, Kentucky, bad pick. Kentucky really didn't stop anybody. The edge guy, speed guy from UCLA. All right. Chancey Goldston, Iowa. LaShawn Wright, cornerback. That's a horrible pick. Gabriel Cox. Uh, they couldn't stop Mrs. Offensive lineman from Marshall. It's good. Wide receiver from Stanford, bad. Offensive lineman from Kentucky, good. Cornerback from South Carolina, bad. And this offensive tackle, he's big, but I don't know. I guess okay because he had to hustle. So I guess Jim was right. They kind of addressed their offensive line, but other than that, pretty mediocre. Yeah, I'd say C because they they addressed what they needed to address, which was their the secondary and their offensive line. So right. in that vein, I'd probably give them a C, right. C minus. That first pick really messed them up. They should have went line in the first pick, and they didn't. They went linebacker, which which is where they should have probably gone. Right. So. Uh. Denver, we would cover them. Edge, Jonathan Cooper. Uh, Washington, Edge, Baylor, six foot four, 248 pounds. This is a good pick. This is a guy that was recruited by Matt Rule, uh, trained by Matt Rule, and Baylor had a lights out defense last year. Even though their team wasn't the greatest, they had a lights out defense, and Matt Rule had him the year before, got him to the Sugar Bowl. This is a good pick by, I think Washington had a heck of a draft. Let's look at Washington's picks. Uh, Jermaine Davis, first round linebacker, Kentucky. I'm gonna defer to them that he's good. I, I don't really see that. Offensive yeah. lineman from Texas, yes, that guy's good. Uh, yep. Row your boat, uh, St. Just, he was good. Damian Brown, good. John Bates, good. Derek Force, safety, Cincinnati. I thought that was a great pick late in the round. Yep. Uh, the Harbaugh family, right. Yep. Long snapper, how can you miss that? Uh, fit the specific <laughs> needs. And then another uh, guy from Baylor, we told you how good that Baylor defense is, all right? So I'll give – Yeah, so I'd go – Go ahead. A minus? Yeah, 100%. A minus, yeah. I think they had a really good draft. Yeah. They're on the clock again. Uh, Mike Webb, safety, Georgia. The Belichick tree again. It kind of fits what Brandon Staley, whatever his name is, wants to do. Let's look at their draft and let me know what you think. Chargers got Slater, right? Uh, Ashante Samuel. 
Legacy, another quarterback from FSU, Josh Palmer, wide receiver, Tennessee, Trey McKitty, tight end, Georgia, Chris Rump, Edge, Duke, stretch there, Brandon James, offensive lineman, Nebraska, Farm State, offensive lineman, Nick Newman, linebacker, Iowa, another Farm State, good coach, a lot. There has to be a huge, big Belichick, Nick Saint connection here. Comes every yep. pick is one of those type guys. Yep. Uh, round three, Missouri, and of course, Mark Webb for the your University of Georgia. Kirby Smart, Nick Saint. I I'd go B with them. I right. think they uh, they need an offensive line. They address that. They got Samuel at number forty-seven, which is which is a, almost a seal. Oh yeah. So I'd, I'd say just that alone, and then they addressed some other needs as the draft went on. Maybe right. not great, but um, I'd say a B. I'd give them a B. Another good pick by the Patriots. Wide receiver, Trey Nixon from You Can't Finish University. They need a receiver, and they got a burner. Uh, let's look at the Patriots picks, right? A, a professional organization here. Other <laughs> than all these clowns. <laughs> so it's better be lucky than good. Uh, Mac Jones, right? Franchise quarterback. Yep. Christian Barmore, mm-hmm. Nick Satan, uh, Ronnie Perkins, Oklahoma Blue Blood. Uh, Rondre Stevenson, man. He Oklahoma. He can play running back. Yep. Cameron McGon. You can't get more evil than this, right? The Harbaugh brothers and the the belly sheets Satan. Cartel. <laughs> it's, it's the triangle. It's the triangle. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, Missouri. William Sherman, great pick there. Offensive lineman, six foot four three. This is a hell of a pick right there. And that's in the yep. sixth round. He loves that sixth round. That's where you got Brady. Loves it. Round. Yeah, he loves it. Two picks before 199, too. Brady went 199. So Yeah, man, great job. He loves that. He'll he'll yeah. trade three number ones and give me three, six three six six round. <laughs> I'd say it's an A minus. Yeah, I'd yeah. say it's an A minus for sure. I mean, yeah. I'll even give him a solid A. I'll give him a solid A. I don't a? Yeah, because the reason I'm giving him an A is because of the receiver they got in some round late. This guy is fast. He's going to be open, and they need help with receiver. You know, this is a guy who could break through. And he's not going to start. But you can see him, like I said, in the second half of games where secondaries yeah. are wearing down. He comes yeah. in fresh, and uh, Cam will hit him. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. He got his quarterback, which he needed. He got his he's got his defensive lineman, which he always gets. He, he got a running back that could that could pan out for him. Right. Um, in the fourth round, he got the sixth round guy from Colorado, which is huge. Right. And then he got his receiver in the seventh round, which nobody. Would you even take a pick? And so, yeah, I'll go with A. I'll go with A. I think he did a nice job. Man, he did a better uh, than a nice job. He did a really good job. Yeah, he did a really good job. He had extra time because of COVID, and he wasn't in the playoffs. Missing the playoff. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, he's making all these picks, too. Belichick's making all these Yeah, he is. He's getting recommendation from scouts, whatever. But Belichick's yep. making the, 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 the pick. And this year, with yep. no time, he's making the pick through and through. Right. James Wiggins, safety Cincinnati, Luke Finkel. We talked about him. Great coach, develops players. So this is actually a good pick for uh, 
the Cardinals, even though I was hating all the rest of the picks. So you tell me the grade after I tell you these clowns they picked here. <laughs> Linebacker from Tulsa, Savian Collins. He works hard, but he's in a great talent. Rondo Moore is undersized. I guess he fits the run and shoot. They play yep. uh, Marco Wilson, Florida, horrible pick. Uh, Victor, like, horrible pick. Edge, uh, Trey Gowen. You, you pick offensive guys from uh, UCF like Satan uh, does and Belichick does, not defensive guys. Uh, horrible. <laughs> and then the last pick was good uh, from the AAC, James Wiggins. D. Yeah. Deep minus. Tough one right now. Did we do Miami already? We did Miami. Did Miami. Steelers. Trey Norwood, cornerback, Oklahoma, Blue Blood. And let's see who they picked. Najee Harris, they need a running back. Uh, tight end from Penn State, Pat Fearmouth, Kendrick Green, Green, offensive lineman, Illinois. Lovey Smith, six foot four, 315 pounds. Good pick there. Dan Moore Jr., uh, offensive line, Texas AM. Uh, Jumbo Fisher. So, so, the last two picks were from the Billy Cheat, Satan, Cartel, Triangle, Texas A&M, Dave Moore Jr., and Buddy Johnson, linebacker, Texas A&M, uh, Alvarez, defensive lineman, Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, Edge from Manny Diaz, Quincy Roach, Trey Norwood, Blue Blood, again, cornerback. B, right? B, yeah. He addresses offensive line. He addresses running back. He's got a, a tight end for the future. So, solid B. Solid B. Uh, do we do the Colts yet? No. So the Colts, 248. All right. We caught up, huh? <laughs> so, the Colts so far... Uh, let's see here. Uh, Kiwi Payne, Michigan, Harbaugh Brothers. Yep. Uh, Vanderbilt always had a really good defense, six foot six, 280 pounds, but last year they were horrible. I remember they had like 11 guys returning on defense, and I thought. Usually those teams end up being decent. They were horrible on defense. Uh, tight end, Kalen Grayson, SMU. Florida, horrible defense. Sam Elger. Ooh, this is a horrible draft. Yeah, Mike, D. D. D, for sure. Jeez. Two edges right off the top, but both both coming, you know, one's on a bad defense in Vanderbilt. Right. Took a guy in a tight end that has the dropsies. Right. So, right there, you took a quarterback in the sixth round that probably could have got as an undrafted. Right. So, he overreached, on, right. Him. He overreached on him. He took a guy from Charleston, West Virginia, Strahan, that probably isn't going to pan out for you as a wide receiver ever. So, 
Right. Yeah, I'm going to take a bathroom break. I'll be back for the final finish with a flurry. Okay. I guess they're showing you Mike Mayock. I'll make sure yeah, that, uh, it, I'll make sure the TV's on mute so I don't get my head clutter. <laughs> but anything <laughs> he has to say. And a guy like Gruden gets a guy like that because he knows he doesn't want to Gruden doesn't want any back talk. He doesn't even right, want exactly. anymore to, to to hire a guy who, who might have uh the courage for some uh Back talk. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So. We'll go through the teams. I don't know what's taking them so long. <laughs> it, uh, so the Rams we did, Denver we did, New Orleans Saints. What do you think about their draft? Let me, I'll give you the players. Uh, Peyton Turner, defensive line, Houston, Pete Warner, linebacker, Ohio State. That's one of those guys, man, that the Big Ten Network went crazy for. Yep. yep. Mediocre guys, almost like the NCAA tournament. They went crazy over those those teams, and they all got beat <laughs> early in the NCAA tournament. Cornerback uh, from Stanford, Paulson, Adebo, Ian Buck. Uh, Big Ten Network through and through. I guess in New Orleans, all they were doing was watching the Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network. <laughs> For these picks. Yep. And then Landon Young, offensive line, Kentucky. What are your thoughts on them? C minus. C minus. I don't see. I don't see anybody here that's a, a huge contributor. No. Maybe the first rounder, but other than that, I don't see anybody here that's going to contribute to them. Yeah, it's almost like a political pick with Ian Book. Yep. Yep. Chicago Bears, I think we got, right? Uh, no, I don't think we did Chicago. So Chicago. Uh, we were criticizing him every single pick along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Chicago, Justin Fields. Uh, I don't think he, he can't read defenses. He has a mediocre arm. Uh, you know, that's uh, one of those hype picks. Right. Trade up to get the hype pick. That's right. exactly what it was. Keep their job. Trevin Jenkins, offensive line, Oklahoma State. They had a great running back, uh, running game. Six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds. Larry Bloom, offensive line, Missouri. Uh, Kahil Herbert, running back, Virginia Tech. 
Daz Newsome, wide receiver, North Carolina, our guy, yep. uh, Mike Brown, and then the cartel, the triangle, <laughs> Bill Cheat and Satan, cornerback from Oregon, Thomas Graham. What are your thoughts? C minus. C minus. I, I think the only reason why it's even a C minus is because of the desperate need of a quarterback. Right. And they're trading up, even though Fields is, is subpar or probably going to be subpar. Right. Other than that, you know, I give him I give him credit for trading up to get to get the quarterback because they traded up a long way to get him. But other than that, I don't see anything here that that's gonna turn a page for them and make them a much much better team. Right. So. So run on Cincinnati guys. So uh, Arizona James Wright, two forty three, James Wiggins, uh, Miami Jared Dokes. Running back Cincinnati, good pick there. Uh, again, Finkel knows how to train guys. Train Norwood, Oklahoma, goes to Pittsburgh, Traffic Tony, Penn State, goes to Washington. Uh, Michael Wright, offensive line, Penn State, goes to Arizona. Will Friars, offensive line, Penn State. So run on Penn State, guys. Uh, what they, the numbers they got on the board. Big 10 network. They're all, all they did is watch the Big Ten Network. Big Ten Network, yep. Yeah, see, well, how do you scout? Oh, they sit there and watch the Big Ten Network. All watch the Big Ten Network. That'll tell us. <laughs> all right. The Rams. We talked about them, right? It's great of the Rams. Yep. Uh, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Denver, Pittsburgh, the Saints, Green Bay, Detroit. Go to Detroit Six. Detroit Lions. Uh, Pete Sewell, offensive line, Oregon. Good pick. He, he really had a good year. Yeah, good uh, pick. This guy, uh, Detroit's watching the Pac-12 network. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Leeway, uh, Arkazui, Defensive line, Washington, Jimmy Lake. Remember, he played in the NFL, knows how to recruit and train NFL guys. Ali McNeil, defensive lineman, North Carolina State. Got ran over all year. Have no idea where they picked him. Mila Mafu, cornerback, Syracuse. Syracuse is not known for defense. No. Monson Brown. That's a good pick. Yep. He's an NFL guy. He, he screwed himself by being desperate to leave an elite school. To be in Detroit, he, he could be a superstar in LA, be a first round next year, $20 million signing, but now he's in Detroit. It's a fourth round. And then Derek Barnes, and they were watching the Pac 12, they were watching the Big Ten network. He got big, the Derek Big Ten Barnes at the end. Do, they get a linebacker in the fourth round from an offensive school. What do you think about Detroit? I'd say C. Plus. I, the first three picks, although the couple of them are, are gonna are great, right? They're trying to address what they need. Right. Um, you know, and with the head coach there, I don't know if he can instill any toughness in them, but he could try. But he the first try. pick was great. First pick was great for them. Sewell, right. that was huge. What did he say? He was gonna cap people's kneecaps. What was he he's gonna, yeah, he's cutting people's kneecaps off. <laughs> so these th- first three picks gonna try to go to that. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Tampa Bay. I'll give you Tampa Bay's guys. Tampa Bay. Joe Tyron Washington. So this is Jason Light. And Jason yep. Light uh, worked with Andy Reid and with Bill Belichick. But he's more of a Bill Belichick guy. He, he puts Belichick as his role model. Guy by the name of Belichick as your role model. <laughs> I, I don't know. And Joe Tyron Washington. Jimmy Lake again. Jimmy Lake. Makes $5 million as a head coach of Washington for a reason. Cal Trask, Florida, marketing pick. Those alumni yep. now. Do I go to Dolphin games? Do I go to Bucks game? I'm going to Bucks game because Cal Trask, my guy, is playing there. Quarterback. Offensive line, the strength and conditioning coach in Notre Dame. He makes a million dollars. That's it. Working guys out because he switched that program around. He's probably cheap. He should ask for more money. <laughs> Wide receiver from North Texas. We saw him play against Ben Rathleff on the podcast. Good pick there. He, he can fly. KJ Britt from that great Auburn defense. And Chris Wilcox, cornerback BYU. He knows how to play zone. What are your thoughts That's on Tampa Bay? Yeah, Tampa That's Bay. That's a B. B. Yeah. Mark, marketing. Marketing <laughs> is A. Getting trashed. <laughs> exactly. They made money with that pick. No yeah. doubt about that. Sure did. Sure did. All right. So, Green Bay Packers. Did we do Green Bay? I don't think we've done Green Bay. Have we? No, we haven't done Green Bay. Okay, so we go Green Bay. Eric Dokes, cornerback. Uh, the Triangle Cartel, Ohio State Cartel, Amari Rogers, Clemson. Clemson is close to the cartel. Uh, Royce Newman. Cartel. <laughs> the familiar uh, ring to some of these picks. Yes. Slayton, uh, defensive lineman, Florida is tough. Um, Florida's, they're in the SEC, right? They cheat yep. a lot. Yep. Appalachian State, Sir Marsh, Gene Charles. Very good pick, man. Uh, Appalachian State, you know, being depleted like that, you know, as, as a, uh, Lower end division one school being a hanging games because they had a really good defense. And this cornerback was a big part of that. I never saw him get beat or make a bad play. Uh, and he made me money, right? As Appalachia State covered. Yep. Offensive lineman, Wisconsin. You really can't go bad with that. Cole Van Lauren. Nope. You know, and then Isaiah McDuffie and Adazio recruit and trainee. What do you think on your Green Bay Packers. I'd say I'd say C C minus because they didn't they didn't address what they really desperately need, which is offensive wide receivers. They went cornerback. I don't think their secondary is really totally that bad, but it seemed like they they needed to go after cornerback a lot. They got first round pick cornerback, fifth round pick cornerback. Well, I'd say C. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, do you know the teams we missed? It seems like uh, we didn't do Seattle. All right. So, let's go with the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks only had three, right? Eskridge. Yeah. Yep. Brown, Oklahoma cornerback, and then offensive lineman for Florida, Foresight. 
That's a that's a D. D. That's a D. They got they got an undersized receiver. They first of all they didn't have many picks. They had three no. picks. That was it. And that's what happens so when they, when your head coach is also the the team president and the general manager. Yep. Yep. And he's in his mid seventies. No matter how young yeah. he was. Exactly. Exactly. And so he has a certain way he wants to play, and he's only going to draft players that fit in that certain way. And so. he doesn't know how to manage stuff that he only has three guys. Exactly. 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 Did we do the Jets? No, we didn't do the Jets. Zach Wilson. Bad pick, in my opinion. I, I saw him play his whole career. Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he lacks toughness. <laughs> it's an offensive yep. lineman. But, you know, he has a lot of talent. Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Uh, North Carolina, Michael Carter, Auburn, Sherwood. Those last three picks, those are pretty good. Michael yep. Carter, safety, and then they blew it with Michael Carter, safety, Duke. Duke is not known for defense. Narduzzi, cornerback, safety. Willie Tagger, Florida State Criminals. Brandon Eccles, cornerback, Kentucky. Defensive lineman from Arkansas. I, you know, Art, he, this guy got blocked and pancaked so many times. I'd say D plus. Yeah, D plus. D plus. D plus. That's D plus. So, 10 teams we haven't done. Um, Did we do Jacksonville? No. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Tyson Campbell, Georgia, uh, Walker Little, offensive lineman, Stanford. He's his own cartel, so. <laughs> uh, Andre Circle, safety Syracuse. So we had a couple guys off that Syracuse defense pick. I have yeah. no idea why. Jason Tufale, defensive lineman, USC. Pretty good pick. 6'3", 15 pounds. Jordan Smith, UAB, 6'7", 255 pounds. Luke Farrell, tight end, Ohio State. You figure out. Oh, you know why he picked that. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's exactly why. He loves the family. Yep. I remember when I recruited his mom made such a great lasagna. <laughs> so I'm picking him when I become pro. Uh, why was he from Jordan Tag? What do you think of the Jaguars draft? I, I think it's a B, B plus. I think those those first two picks right there, but especially Trevor Lawrence. I don't know about the running back, but I think it's solid. Probably a yeah, B. It's a B, and he's a good in management. So he's making a lot yep. because he listens to as young, as inexperienced, and as dumb as Trevor Lawrence is. Urban Meyer listened to him. He didn't say, oh, I'm high. No, he listened to the guy. He wants this guy, Travis Etienne, there to feel comfortable. He listened to him, and he's on there. So, yeah, I agree. Exactly. Agree. Did we do Atlanta Falcons? No, we did not. Kyle Pitts. Right there, if his head is screwed on right, that should be pretty good. Richie Grant, yep. safety, US, uh, you can't finish university. You can't finish. Jalen Melf, the Harbaugh brothers. This is a really good pick right here. Darren Hall, cornerback, San Diego State. Yep. Uh, Coach Long, Rocky Long. Uh, 
almost won a national title way back in the day with UCLA and they blew it in the last second. But he goes to New Mexico and San Diego State always has great defenses with no talent. So this guy's well-trained. Darren Hall, San Diego State. Uh, man, a lot of offensive linemen from Stanford, the Harbaugh family, Drew Delman, Taquan Graham, defensive lineman, Texas. Texas had a good defensive line. He'll be all right. Ande Combo Ojindi from Notre Dame, edge rusher. A lot of edge rushers. Strength and yep. conditioning coach from Notre Dame makes a million dollars. Avery Williams, cornerback, Boise State. They had a defense, defense. And Frank Darby, wide receiver, Arizona State. What do you think? Atlanta. Uh, I'd say another B. Thank you. Rich McKay. Kyle, if Kyle Pitts' head is on straight and he performs like he should, then right. that, that moves up to an, to an A minus, obviously. Right. Or an A. Right. Hopefully, guys like that usually have a really good first year before they tear. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, they keep Julio Jones. He takes him under his wing and straightens him out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So we haven't done seven teams. Do you have them there, Scott? Minnesota. All right. We have done. Vikings. Vikings. Christian Garrison, offensive lineman, Virginia Tech, 6'5, 314. Kellen Mond, very interesting pick. He can he can yep. get you three first. That's all Zimmer wants. Three first down with your legs, make the safe throws, and we'll win running and defense. Yep. Yep. Charles Surratt, linebacker, North Carolina. Mac Brown, Mac Brown, good credit to him. We got a lot of guys in there. Yeah, Ohio he certainly State, did. Ohio State offensive line. Practic Jones, Edge Pittsburgh, Evil Empire, uh, King Yang, Nwangu, Matt Campbell, Iowa State, Cameron Bynum, cornerback, uh, Justin Wilcox from the Alvarez tree. Wisconsin, a lot of Wisconsin, Alvarez, now Justin uh, Wilcox at the University of Cal. The Cal secondary usually has the top secondary in the country. Him and Jimmy Lake, too, at Washington, Pac-12. And it makes sense, right? They emphasize that because yeah. he throws so much in the Pac-12. They emphasize the recruiting and on guys like that. Janarius uh, Robinson, again, Willie Taggart. He's good at picking cattle. Talent from the Harbaugh Cartel, Iowa, Belcheat Cartel, uh, Triangle, you know, Sec Davidson, Central Missouri. Whoa. That's uh, the punt, punter slash tight end. Ah, or long snapper. <laughs> 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 he did it all at, at Central Missouri. Yep. And Jalen Tymon, Pittsburgh. C plus. C plus, C plus, yeah. It's just it, it, it's a C plus organization all the way through. Yeah, Minnesota. Did we do the 49ers? No, we didn't do the 49ers. We didn't do the Giants either. If we wanted, oh yeah, let's go back to the Giants. Clark Judge and all those people, the Mara family. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Florida. A lot of head case. It, it's not good. You got two people with mental health issues. 
Judge <laughs> Kadarius Tony. Ajiz Ajari, Georgia Edge, um, the Triangle, Belly Cheat, Smart, uh, and Satan. Uh, man, Robinson, USF receivers, not impressed by him at all. Let's put it to you this way. We had a, a quarterback. We begged him to transfer. And we have receivers that are all uh, could come back for the fifth year year. And Coach Scott said no. And they all had, they had like 500 yards on this guy, Robinson. They were looking to see where he has to throw at him. But somehow, luck would have it, he gets picked in the third round by the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Northern Iowa had a great year, right? A couple guys drafted, six foot yep. seven, 245 pounds. Edge guy, again. Arizona, Gary Blackwell running back. And then uh, Rogerius Williams, cornerback from the often beat and toasted Oklahoma State defense. D. D. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like it much at all. At all, I don't think they got anything. I think you and I, you and I could have done better. Yeah. No, they only had six picks too. Right. Six picks. So, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't do themselves any favors by having so few draft picks. Yeah. Did we do the Jets? Uh, yeah, we did the Jets. We didn't do. Um, who's the next team that I've done here? We did Philly. San Francisco is the next team. Okay. John Lynch. Control. Yep. So I know he, he, he's like Village Feet. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance. Uh, man. Okay. Aaron, Aaron Banks, the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, all these guys should give him tips, man. <laughs> strength and conditioning coach in Notre Dame. He makes a million dollars for a reason. Trey Sermon, Urban Meyer. Aubrey Thomas. Uh, Mish Jalen uh, Moore, right four miles away at uh, uh, Western Michigan. Kudos, PJ Fleck, row your boat, man. Uh, cartel pick here, DeAndre, Dearmore, Leonore. Really, I like uh, uh, Tafanga, uh, Hufanga. Safety USC. Uh, he, at least he's going to have a good attitude, positive attitude. And Elijah Mitchell. Now, Elijah Mitchell had the benefit of right behind uh, the best offensive line in, in college football. So, how good it really is he. But Shanahan is into yeah, the running game. He has a unique running game. He's a running game guru. So, he's yep. going to have huge holes to run behind him. Yeah, B, mi- B minus. B minus. B minus. B minus. Yeah. B minus. Agree. Right. Did we do the Tennessee Titans? Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe we did. Okay. Uh, Caleb Farley, cornerback Virginia Tech. Dylan Rundans, North Dakota State offensive lineman. Monty Rice, uh, linebacker from the Triangle. Cartel, Kirby Smart, Belichick, <laughs> Satan, Elijah Molden, Elijah Molden, uh, near and dear to our hearts because he worked out with 
podcast cast, Shad Nolan. Yep. Uh, we're hoping he gets picked in the next couple uh, hours as an undrafted free agent. If not, you'll see him in the Arena League. All right. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick, Wooville. Another edge from the triangle. Belichick, Satan, uh, Narduzzi, Pittsburgh, 6'5", 270. Racy McGarth, another receiver from LSU. And Brady Breeze. Breeze. That's that's the pick that puts it at a B. That Brady yes. Breeze pick. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. So really, a lot of their their Pac twelve recruiter did a really good job. Or uh, yep, scout. Yep, watching the Pac twelve all day did a good job. All right. So who are we messing here? We got twenty five. We do Baltimore. Oh, all right. Baltimore. The Harbaugh family. Sean Bateman, wide receiver, right? PJ Fleck was a wide receiver. Row your boat. Edge, Penn State. His brother's on play. Uh, I'm just looking to see which is not a cartel pitch. <laughs> Because George, yeah, well, is. <laughs> yep. not. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Wallace, Oklahoma State. That tells me they're going to be. They're going to simplify the offense for. Um, Lamar there is going to do a little air raid. Ohio State's very interesting. So this guy must be really good. For the Harbaugh family to pick uh, Ohio State guy. Being in Michigan, uh, man, another Notre Dame guy, strength and conditioning guy, six three, two hundred seventy pounds, and then of course, <laughs> um, how about a favor to your brother? Yep, yep. Yeah. So what? What are what are your thoughts on Baltimore? I'd say, uh, I'd go see. Yeah. I don't think the wide receivers they needed that many because they don't throw the ball that much. Right. So, so I'd say C. C. No. I mentioned him a lot, so I'll look him up. The strength and conditioning coach at uh, Notre Dame. I'll get him up there in a second. So Baltimore and who else? Cleveland. Oh, the Cleveland Clowns. Yeah. Greg Newsom, the second cornerback from Northwestern. Uh, Mankowitz, good, you know. Uh, it yeah. seems like they were watching the big 10 channel. They got Notre Dame network. linebacker. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, man, this, I don't know, right? It must have seen measurements or something because this guy got no separation in the SEC mm-hmm. at all. Uh, offensive lineman Cincinnati, six foot five, 310 pounds. James. Hudson, absolute 100% stud. Probably um, Callahan made that pick. Uh, Big 12 again, Tommy uh, Tugali, two, 300 pounds. Ohio State, 
Tony Fields, linebacker, West Virginia. Has to be special teams. That yep. defense got torched. And then uh, last two picks are cartel picks. Uh, triangle picks. Belichick, Satan, uh, Richie Laconde, Georgia, safety. And then Demetric Felton, running back UCLA. And Chip Kelly, man, he makes good friends. His best friends are John Gruden and Bill Belichick. So that's a B minus. B minus. That's a B minus. Yep. All right, cool. Thank you, Scott, man. You will welcome. That's the last team. That's the last team. Houston. Can we give Houston an F? <laughs> we don't even have to go through them. I think we don't have to go F, F Houston. Okay. <laughs> for, I think we got through everybody else, so I think we're yeah. all set. Yeah, we're all set. So for completeness, we'll go Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Reverend Jordan, Miami, Garrett Wallow, TCU, and then Roy Lopez, Arizona. F. 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 All right. So the last picks, we'll go through them, and we'll get final thoughts, man. Thank you so much, Scott. But we made a lot no of problem. money. Made a lot of money. Uh, all right, so we got – where did we left off? We left off Trey Norwood, then Tony, Penn State, Edge. Uh, we did a run on Penn State, guys. The last Penn State cast <laughs> that they had scored on there, they're all winning in a row. Tony, Edge. Uh, Michael Manette, offensive line for that air raid. Penn State, six foot four, 305 pounds. They weren't that good. That, that, that offensive line wasn't that good, but they got picked, I guess, because they went to Penn State. Benefits of going to Penn State. There must be a Big you know, Ten Network. Big Ten Network, sitting around watching the Big Ten Network. Can't go anywhere. Oh, what work are you doing? I'm watching the Big Ten Network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben Snow, probably the first receiver to get cut, right, from Notre Dame. Uh, Chris Tonga, BYU defensive line. Then they, we did a run on BYU guys because then uh, Tampa Bay picked cornerback BYU, Chris Wilcox, zone guys, and then the zone blitz. Uh, how about this one? From this is a local pick here, the local hot, uh, college here, Concordia University. <laughs> They're like uh, yeah, uh, strip mall. Universities that you hear get your degree here at Concordia. You can do it at home. <laughs> Concordia University got a linebacker, Chris Garrett, uh, Mark Marquis Spencer, Mississippi State. Uh, that's a good defense. So that's like it makes sense. Vic Fangio knows defense. Oh, we gotta have that guy. Well, we're gonna get him in five minutes cheaper. No, 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 we got it. So Vic Fangio, Chris Presley Harvard, Georgia Tech, punter. <laughs> oh, we gotta have this punter. This, this yeah, gotta, gotta get the punter. Pittsburgh <laughs> needs a punter. Uh, friend pick here, South Alabama. Kawan Baker. Hey, Chad's guy got picked. That's what he was talking Jamar about, right? Jefferson. Yeah, Jamar Jefferson. He was talking about him. Yes, Jamar Jefferson gets picked, and you heard it here first. I bet yep. you nobody was talking about Jamar Jefferson. So I'll cut it up and put it on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, Detroit Lions picked them. <laughs> so that's gonna be a Detroit fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, Jamar Jefferson, Chad Nolan. 
uh, Dax, mine, BYU. And then uh, linebacker Houston, Grant Stewart. Yeah. And I guess he's mystery relevant, man. He gets yeah. some money. Yep. I'm interested to see what Jamar Jefferson does if he makes the Lions. I know. We're all Jamar Jefferson fans. We're all going to be rooting for him. Oregon, the Absolutely. Oregon State Beavers. Absolutely. Nice. And, man, Scott, I cannot thank you enough. You're a true Anytime. warrior. Anytime. Uh, we missed an hour. We're still on here five hours and thir- 33 minutes. Yeah, that's three rounds of the draft. That's what it is. So Yeah. So. I've already clinched it for this year because my wife is working from home, though. So I clinched gas. <laughs> clinched gas in the NCAA tournament for the year. But, hey, gas for later on and gas for vacation. And yeah, have a good time picking games. I don't think anybody knows more than us about picking games and fantasy. No doubt. Final thoughts, Scott. Thank you so kindly. Draft was great. Always great. A lot of surprises. A lot of, uh, a lot of mystery. But right. now the mystery is over. So now we can just focus on looking at everybody's draft and see where uh, what the schemes will be and uh, right in use for betting and stuff. So, oh, hundred percent, right? Uh, always yep. do your research, and man, can't get better research than this. The podcast Absolutely. is going to up, and people listen to it all year. I'm going to write up the transcript for it, okay? Uh, and send it to you guys, and you guys can send it back to me, and. Okay. Uh, making money watching sports and we learned so much about the draft and we see these guys work out at least close so it's been fascinating man. fast absolutely fascinating. uh and we always close with winston churchill because we give all the picks for free you make a living from your labor but you make a life from what you give thank you for listening to the espc podcast that's why this one cost us $800 and that cost $200 and I don't know what that cost I'm just shaking the word that's why I'm worried